Thank you for listening to the Bible preaching ministry of Dr. Tim Pollock at the Home Church of Lodi, California. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. Our prayer is that this message from God's Word will renew your heart and mind today. message now. You have not because you ask not. This is message number three in our series, the prerequisite for prayer. You and I will never rise higher than our prayer life. What you are in private, what you believe about the Lord, 
And what you, the relationship you have with the Lord in private is who you and I really are. Therefore, if you are sincere about your desire to pray well, then Scripture is clear. We must learn how to obey well. If we want free access to God in prayer, it is absolutely vital that every obstacle be removed. Scripture is abundantly clear. Our Father God delights in the prayer of obedient children. Requests coming from the lips of those who delight to do His will, try to do His will, incline Him to answer and to do so abundantly. There are a lot of things that can happen in prayer. Tears can happen in prayer. And certainly tears stir the heart of God. It's clear from Scripture. There's praise in prayer, and praise honors God. There is faith when we pray, and faith moves the hand of God. But nothing avails with a father like the unquestioning obedience of his child. And until that's taken, answers to prayer are at best hit and miss. Now as we read scripture, and as we read the lives and view the lives of Bible characters, it was obedient people, always without exception, who have been the closest to God. Those who obey well, pray well, and they receive great things from God. Any kind of a faith that tolerates sinning cuts the ground out from underneath the feet of effectual grace. Now, to be sure, we're all human. It's not like we're going to get everything 100% right. And in the fact that that doctrine of sinless perfection is a disability. But to excuse and to brush off sinning by saying that it's not even possible to obey God is to ignore the clear teaching of Scripture. For example, our Lord said this. He said, Why call you me Lord and do not do the things I say? How could that be a true statement if it was impossible to do the things that God tells us to do? No, the fact is, the Holy Spirit of God Himself lives inside of us and He, he, he gives us the energy
idea of what's been born. Yet tired of state. We saw that it works. We saw that it was the cure for worry and so much more. And then last Sunday, the power of prayer. The motivation for prayer, it works. The power of prayer. God says when you, it is the effectual fervent prayer, that Greek word is energeo, the spirit-filled prayer of a truly righteous person avails much. The power of prayer, we need God's power, and as we do so, God is going to do amazing things. Now today, let's join in unison with public reading of God's word. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. Verse number 22 is maybe, in many people's minds, this is like one of the top two or three Verses in all the Bible about prayer. It is an incredible verse. And yet it has some conditions in it. So we're going to read through verse 24, kind of get a little more of a study. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 22 through verse 24. All right, let's read it together. Ready again. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. This is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of the Son of Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Now let me just clarify a couple of statements in verses 23 and 24. Because we're going to spend our time in verse 22. Listen to that last little part of verse 23. Love one another as he gave us commandment. God is love, and that's a fact from day one. Genesis 1 all the way through. God has always wanted us to be loving, obedient people. That's his command. Obviously, it's possible then to obey God's command to be a loving person. And then verse 24, that first part. And he did keep with those commandments. Show something, reveal something, that we are dwelling in Him, abiding in Him, and He in us. Having the laws of God just live in us and becoming part of Him and not part of us. Having Christ in us, that is just a powerful way to set up knowing the mind and the will of God. Now, let's go back to verse 22. Let me just read that for you again. Just, uh, just kind of drink it in. And whatsoever, that means what it means, it makes no difference. There is nothing you can't pray for. Whatsoever, we, that means anybody, not just John the Apostle, me as a pastor, that means you. Whatsoever, we ask. We've got to ask. It's not just a happen by, you know, occasionally God will give us something we don't ask for, but he wants us to ask, but acknowledges God, it honors God. Whatsoever we ask, and here, listen to this statement, we receive of Him. God is the one who gives it. We receive it because we've asked it. Now He adds a, a little clarification. Now, this is not an automatic David and Clement uh, moment. No. We keep His commandments. Because people who keep the commandments of God know the heart of God. They know the mind of God. They wouldn't ask for something that God doesn't want them to have. 
because they actually do those things that are pleasing in the sight of God. It's an astounding statement. I mean, think about it. The Apostle John said, everything I ask for, God gives me. Jump in and purpose 
he knows he wants us to have. And so that's why prayer works when we obey. We're simply doing what he wants us to do. He said, that's a good thing. I want to give that to him. But what our Savior said in John chapter 11, just days before his crucifixion, verse 11, verse 20, excuse me, John 11, verse 21, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Lord, have you heard of the Father? How is that possible? And I know you've heard me always, Jesus, you've always heard by the Father, because he was, he always did the will of his Father. And that's what he said in John chapter 4 and verse 34. He said, in fact, it's the very food I eat. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And so Jesus said, you always hear me. You all, I've always heard of the Father. Why? Because he did the will of the Father. As we obey, the blessed Holy Spirit increases our understanding of the mind of as we understand the mind of Christ, we then can ask for the things that Christ will ask for. When we are in the will of the Father, who is in heaven, prayer is communicating with God the Father on the level of that His Son will. And so as we abide in Christ and abide in Christ and obey the Word of God, know the Word of God. There was a, many years ago, I made this commitment to the Lord. My 20s, I had been reading the Word and just trying to do what God said. There were some things that were a little bit challenging to my thinking, a little bit challenging to my spirit. Some things that I didn't know I was going to be able to do. And I kind of wrestled with the thought of doing this and doing that. Do I really do that? And then one day, I just, just my love of everything just came on my heart. And I realized, you know what? I, the safest place to be is just doing whatever God tells you to do. I mean, to try to go on the way, think of my own thing, and try to pick and choose what Bible verses I'm going to obey like it's a smorgasbord, you know? No, just go ahead and take the whole thing. Just, okay, Lord. And so I just made the commitment, Lord, whatever you say in the Bible, to the best of my ability and with your strength, I purpose to do that. And for all these years, that's been my goal in life. Always done it, Pastor? No, of course not. We don't. But it's been my purpose, and thank God, God has given me songs and answered the prayer. I believe answers the prayer require three important steps. And the whole connection is about obedience. It is obeying the Word of God, knowing the Word, obeying the Word, doing the Word, just doing it. And number two, it is pleasing the heart of God. Now, this verse says something perhaps we've never seen before. Look at verse 22 again, verse John chapter 3. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments. It must be possible to keep his commandments, so why would he ask us to do that? Now, as I said, yes, we're human, we're not going to get always right, but I'll tell you what, we can pretty much, for the most part, take care of that. But then what it says, and notice it says, and, that's a little conjunction. And, this is something in addition to that. Not only are we supposed to keep the commandments, but we're also supposed to do things that are pleasing in His sight. That's an interesting thought. What are things that are pleasing in His sight and how do they differ from that which is the commandments of God? Well, there are many things in the Bible.
Bible that are commands. But there are lots of things that we know God wants us to do that maybe there's not a specific command for us. Jesus talking about his Father in heaven in John chapter 8, he shared what a privilege it was and an honor to please God. That's what he said in verse 29. I always do that which pleases God. My Father. I just do what pleases Him. I want to please the Father. I, I live to please the Father. In the first book of the New Testament, the wonderful Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 3, it says when He was baptized that God the Father was well pleased with His Son. That's why Jesus got baptized. John the Baptist said, I'm not going to baptize you. I'm doing it to fulfill all righteousness. You'd say, well, I don't understand baptism. It really doesn't make any difference if you understand it or not. We're supposed to do it because it's the right thing to do. Now, I'm all for understanding. I'm all for studying it. We have to help as much as we can. But uh, essentially, at the end, it comes down to just doing the right thing. Do the right thing. And whether I understand it or right or not, I always do what pleases God. Now, why did why was Jesus so pleasing to the Father? Was it because he was so good-looking and talked so well? No. He just pleased the Father. And as we resemble Jesus and his attitudes and actions, we please the Father. You'd say, well, how, how can we please the Father? Well, we please the Father when we enter into a personal relationship with him. You know, the book of Genesis Adam and Eve came into this world and God had a relationship with them. Yes, there were commands. He made it very clear. But it's also a relationship. Commands are there, but there's a relationship there. God wants a relationship with us. It's okay. It's great to do the commands of God, but also God wants us to enjoy that. He wants us to have a relationship with Him. God talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. It was a wonderful time. But due to the sin of man, we became separated, disconnected from God. But being pleasing to someone means they have a good relationship. When a husband and wife get married, he proposes to her, he asks her to marry him. Then they begin this relationship of each, more than just a covenant or a piece of paper they sign, is something they want to please each other. It's something they want to do. The husband wants to please the wife. Yes, he works, and yes, he does what he's supposed to do, the husband and the provider and the protector for the home. But he also wants to please her. He might bring her flowers. Is it a command? No, it's just he wants to please her. He might say, honey, let's go to dinner. He just wants to please her. He might come home and say, honey, let's go shopping. That's just how I want to please her. That's the big thing right there, so. Sure, the, the wife wants to please her husband. It's more than just a command. She wants to please him. She might give him a back rub. Or she wears the perfume he likes, or she says, How do you like my hair? And, and he, two weeks later, says, Yes, it's really nice. And the fact of the matter is, we want to do things that please each other. And that's a relationship. And that's what God is saying here. I want to. Please the Father in all things. Not just do the commands, but have a relationship with the 
sin, but they're not a sin maybe, but they're a weight. They hinder the work of God in our life. They might be an item that we possess, a relationship that we have, might be a habit that's in our life. That technically, maybe not a sin, not violating the command, but they're a, a weight. And if we're going to run the race for God, if you have little weights around your ankle or your body, it's not going to work. Now, the fact of the matter is, we're going to be hindered in our race if we have weights around our ankle, just as much as if we get all choked up on marijuana and violate the commands of drunkenness. But I believe that gives us an understanding of why there's so much unanswered prayer. Some people, for example, object to the fact of giving. They say, well, you know, there's nowhere in the New Testament it says that we should give 10% or the tithe, as the Bible says. Well, actually, that's not true. It isn't there. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus says you ought to tithe, so that's pretty good in my book. But um, I guess you could say it's not a specific command. But the fact of the matter is, Abraham practiced it. Moses commanded it. The prophets of God warned about it. Jesus commended it. Let's 
sometimes people say, oh, it's so hard to be a Christian. No, it says all her paths are peace. Obedience is not a hard thing. It just sets us up for answers to prayer. Jesus was abundantly clear in Matthew chapter 11. He said, my yoke, it is a yoke. It is true. I mean, it goes on your neck and you push against the plow. And yeah, you're out there in the field. And yeah, it's a yoke. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's a yoke. But it's an easy yoke. It's a, it's a light burden. It's kind of like having children. That's difficult, but it's a blessing. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, it is a blessing to obey God. It is a beautiful relationship. Not just the commands of God, but it ought to be pleasing in our sight. Jesus called out those people in coming days in Matthew chapter 25. He said, here's what's going to characterize people in the last days. He said in verse 24 of Matthew 25, that great second coming chapter, that he was going to receive one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man. That's a lie. God is not a hard man. He is the illustrated one there. He's not a hard man. Thank God. It is possible to please God. It is possible to do the will of God and to please our Heavenly Father. It is a whole lot easier to please God than it is to please people. I tell you for sure, God is a whole lot easier to please. Thank God that with Him there's no guessing game. He writes it in black and white. I love that wonderful epistle in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 21. God make you perfect every good work to do His will. He works in you. God gives us power and energy as we read His Word and try to do His will. And in such, we are able to do what's pleasing, well-pleasing in His sight. Who does that? Jesus does that in me and for me. And that their ways are well-pleasing in His sight. I once heard someone say about another person, the uncharacteristic, way they were talking, I guess it was. And they said, that's the alcohol talking. That's the alcohol talking. And I will tell you, alcohol doesn't do anybody any good. But wouldn't it be wonderful if our negativity was replaced with pleasing praise, our lifestyle was replaced with things that were obedient to the Lord, and someone would say, that's Jesus talking in him. That's Jesus in him. That's the way I want to be. I want my life to be a reflection that there's something different about that person. The joy, the peace, the, the, what they do in their life. It's just, it's a reflection that Jesus is in the thing. He has a relationship with God. He's a man of God. She's a woman of God. They have a pleasing relationship. It's more than demands. It's pleasing to the Lord. Scottish minister Alexander White was known for his uplifting prayers in the pulpit. People sometimes would come to listen to him just pray those old-time prayers in the pulpit. He seemed as though he always had something to be grateful. On one Sunday morning, the weather was so gloomy, one church member thought to himself and whispered to another, there is certainly nothing that our preacher can thank the Lord for this morning on a day like this. It must be a surprise, however, Alexander White began by praying, We thank thee, O Lord, 
that it is not always like this day. And that's true. You know, wouldn't that be wonderful that we just got that kind of a spirit that would always somehow replace it with just an evidence that we were pleasing to God? Three answers to answers to prayer require three four steps. Obeying the word of God, pleasing the heart of God. John said, now look, you got to obey the commands of God. You just settle it. I'm going to do whatever God says to the best of my ability. Yes, I'm not going to always get it right, but I, I'm going to purpose to do so. And then I'm going to have a relationship. I'm going to do what's pleasing. I want to get close to the heart of God. And then finally, yielding to the will of God. Now this is an overarching desire, a mindset to do that which is the right thing, the truthful thing, to be sincere. I think we see it later on in 1 John chapter 5, but let's look at another verse first. Psalm 145 verse 18, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. Alright? I want to be close to the God that I call upon. And all that call upon him in truth, which actually means it's sincerity. The prayer that God answers prayer that is real is a prayer that is done in truth or sincerity. The sad fact is much of our prayer is not actually real or sincere because we, strange enough, ask for things we don't really want. I mean, we say we want them, but then upon further examination, we probably don't want them. We want peace, but do we want peace we want what it costs to get the peace. We want joy, but are we willing to do what it says to get the joy? A mother is praying for her son to be free from some bad influences. She hopes that her son would get serious about God. And so she says, let's pray for my son. And she wants, at least she thinks, for her son to be delivered from this. And so
willing to surrender to the will of God. And we're willing to take our white flag and say, Heck, God, I'm done. I'm done trying to do my own thing. Lord, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do. My friend, that gets us into a place where God can answer my prayer. It's a powerful thing. Look what it says in verse 15. And we know that if he hears us, so I'm purposing to do the will of God, as far as I know, I'm obeying the commands of God, I'm having a relationship with God, I love the Lord, I'm willing to do whatever he wants to in my life, and we know, therefore, he hears us. Whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we decided to do. All right, Lord, I'm done. I'm done trying to do my own thing, run my own way. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I will do it. King David learned that the hard way. We know what a great man of God he was, but David, he pulled some bad ones like we all have, I guess. But look at chapter 51 of Psalm 50. Psalm 51. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. What God wants is truth, but not just uh, any kind of truth. He wants truth in the heart. He wants us to be true to God, true about what we're saying, what we want, true about serving Him. If we could simplify the Christian life, it comes down to, Lord, I want to do Your will. I want to have a relationship with You. I want to, and I will, I purpose to do the commands of God. In John chapter 14, Jesus was leaving this earthly life. His earthly ministry was over. And in John chapter 14, verse 13, He said, whatsoever he promises his disciples. They said, what are we going to do without you? You can't leave us. He said, no, look. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do. That the Father may be glorified. And if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it for you. Oh, that's a great answer to prayer. The real reason behind it is, I'm willing to do the will of God. And so, that's what God is asking us to do. Is to simply do the Sometimes people say, oh, I went to that church and we prayed in the Spirit. We say to ourselves or somebody else, we prayed in the Spirit. And I will tell you that praying in the Spirit is likely a whole lot different than some might imagine. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15, Paul cleared it up. He said, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. He went on to explain that praying with the Spirit is not falling forward backwards. Praying with the Spirit is talking in a foreign language or some ecstatic utterance. Praying in the Spirit is praying in consistency with the will of God. Doing the commands of God. Having a relationship, a pleasing relationship with God. And purposing to do the will of God. That's what praying in the Spirit is all about. Because the Holy Spirit would only do that which which leads to the Word of God. Obeying the Word of God, pleasing the heart of God, yielding to the will of God. Well-known Scottish Baptist pastor, William Graham Scroggy, I used to love reading his books. He once said, pray when you feel like it. Pray when you don't until you do feel like it. And as we enter into that relationship, it is absolutely incredible, but it means that 
about when she and her brother Tom were small children. Their mother would let Tom play with the paper bags that she had saved. As long as once they were done, she and he would put them up. One day she walked into the kitchen and spied them all over the floor. Tom was in the other room with her, with his father singing hymns. Mother called over and said to him, Come in, tidy up the kitchen, Tom. But Mom, I'm here with Dad, I'm singing. Jesus loves me, this I know. His father, seated next to him, backed up the mother and said, Tom, there is no good singing God's praise if you're that's exactly what God's asking us. He's saying, all right, you want to prayers, we want praise, but are we willing to be obedient to the clear commandment of God, to pursue a relationship with God, and then overall just saying, Lord, I purpose to do your will. The things that are what you want, the things that are important to you, I want to do the will of God. Our heads are bowed. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.